I'm going to talk today about game plan two. I'm using football as an analogy. You must understand that if I'm going to talk about winning, I must use the number one college team in America. And that is not my fault. If your team even came close, I'd use it. All right, now listen. We are going to get in the Word, but, I'm God, but I am using uh, an, uh, an analogy from, from football to teach something today. So I have a video, and I had to use the dogs because they're number one. If I preach this again next year and someone else takes their title, which I doubt, we will use, I probably won't preach a sermon then. So watch my video and you'll see where I'm going with this sermon. Okay. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10, play clock at four. From the pocket, launching downfield, under throw, and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. <laughs> You're going, where are you getting a sermon out of that? I'm not. I just want to, just, you know, no, no, not, not really, not really. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. I want to talk to you this morning. I want to go back. Last Sunday, we talked about the Word. We talked about how important this book is, how important it is that we not only know it, but we meditate on it. And then I used football as an example. Let's go over last week's for a minute. Just because you know how to throw a football doesn't mean you're good. Just because you've caught a few does not mean you're good. Just because you heard a sermon doesn't mean you're any good at it. So I used the analogy that during practice, which is the most important part of the game, that the quarterback goes out on a field and day after day after day after day, he passes and he throws balls. The reason he does that is that it needs to become so second nature to him that he becomes a master at dropping that ball where he wants it to go. That's very important in a football game. The other person is the catcher. So he goes to practice, and he runs, and he catches, and he runs, and he catches, and he runs, and he catches until he can literally suck a ball out of the air. And when it's thrown to him, he doesn't have to wonder whether it's going to be there. He just has to go and take it. All of that is true, but we're going to go a step further today, and we're going to talk about the fact that though you can throw, Though you can catch, though you can block, there's somebody on that field that wants your football. This is where we're going today. No matter how much Bible you've heard, somebody wants the word sown in your heart. When you walk out of this church, you come in these doors, and I'm going to tell you this. You come in this church. 
I will take the Bible and get you free of everything that's ever bound you. If you're not saved, you can be born again. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, we can get you filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, cast out devils, raise the dead, heal sick. We'll get your marriage straightened out. We'll get your kids straightened out. Get your prayer life straightened out. We can do that in this church. But I cannot go home with you. And I'm not there when somebody is trying to get the word you heard out of you and will attempt it with everything in his power to steal the word of God. And it happens all the time. So I'm trying to get you to see that the, the word, this, the, the, these guys learn to pass and these guys learn to catch, but there's somebody on that field and they don't care about you. They want the ball because whoever takes the ball wins the game. Whoever gets this and holds this, this is a Bible. Now, I'm ahead of myself. Vince Lombardi, I don't know, what was it, 1961 or 62? He walked into um, the locker room after his team had lost uh, the, the previous game the year before and lost the title. And he did something that made history in all of football. He made a statement that people have quoted and quoted and requoted. He walked in and, and looked at men that have been walking around with a football since they were five. And he said, this is a football. And you might be going, well, no duh. I mean, it's like we know that. What was he saying to them? Going back to the basics. Listen, football games are not won because you have fancy plays. Football games are not won because you have fancy footwork or we have the star quarterback. Football games are won or lost by whether or not the men on that team can do the basics better than the other team. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Since he said that, almost every business in America, from banks to stores, have gained a philosophy to walk in in the morning with their salespeople and go, this is a football. Doesn't matter how good our product is. If you can't answer the phone right, it doesn't matter how good our product is. Listen, in church, I'm going to promise you I'm not going to go deep. I don't need to go deep. Here's what I'm going to do. We're going to come back to the basics, and we're going to get you doing the basics better than you've ever done the basics in your life. Christianity is not about fancy, deep sermons. Christianity is about doing the easy stuff better than anyone else. Now listen to me. Listen to me well. When you learn to pass and when you learn to catch and when you learn to block, in a football game, there's two groups of people. There is the offense and there's the defense. In Christianity, God said to you, your adversary, the devil. Who is your adversary? Okay, is it the pastor? 
I'm going to give you a philosophy. I want you to hold on to this forever. If you walk in the kitchen in the morning, you turn the light on. The light does not create roaches. Turn that darn light off. Turn the light back on. Clean the counter. As a matter of fact, pull the stove out. Oh, push it back. Do y'all know, ladies, stuff drips? Look at the, have you ever pulled the refrigerator out? Oh, help me, Jesus. Occasionally, you need to get hot, soapy water. Pull the stove out. Truth is not your problem. The light is not your problem. The Bible is not your problem. It's your answer. See how quiet y'all got? I got three people. Boy, y'all must have roaches or something. I'm not quite sure. (laughs) This is a Bible. This is God's Word. This is light. This is the bread of life. This is joy unspeakable, full of glory. This is truth. It is the only place you'll ever find it. And when you wake up in the morning, when you, if you're a football player and you suck that ball out, take that ball, shove it underneath your arm, and don't let anybody have it. They will hit you. But hold a ball. They will pound you. And they, everybody on the field is, listen, the guy on the field that doesn't have the ball, nobody's bothering him. But you get that ball. Everybody's running to find you and take you out. I'm going to give you a realization. I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. You walk in this church and I give you this, every devil in hell is going to meet you in the parking lot. Oh, I don't want him to meet me. Yeah, you do. You want the ball. Because without the ball, there ain't no winning in life. You don't need a plan to fail. Justin, how am I doing? You can fail without a plan, but if you want to win... You have to have a plan. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get a scripture out in a minute and read it to you. I know that if you come in this church, you get born again. When you leave, you have relatives. They're on the Internet. They're listening to every amount of garbage you could ever imagine in your life. And they will invite you to their house to talk you out of what you learned. Because they don't want you shining in front of them because it's making them look bad. Now, let me tell you something else, and I'm going to read it to you out of the Bible. I'll show you in the Bible. Have you ever been tempted? If you're born again to fire on fire for God, Christian, you have. Because Satan doesn't give a rip about anybody. He ain't got no ball. But the moment you pick up a ball, the moment you get the word, the moment you get the word of God, bro, 
So the moment you get the word, you're going to have problems. Now, let me help you with another. When, when you work as a team and the guy gets the ball, the other team members run and surround him because they want that ball in the end zone. That's called church. When we see you get the word, <laughs> glory, we will come along beside you. You ain't getting old Joe over here. Joe got the word, glory to God. You say, I ain't got no friends. You ain't got no word. Nobody, there ain't no reason. Boy, this all got quiet on me. Matthew chapter 13. Woo! I'm going to help you if you let me. There is no secret deep play that you need today. Give me a secret deep word. I don't have one. I will just give you a good word. Matthew 13. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and the great multitudes were gathered together. And he got in the boat and sat down, and the whole multitude came on shore, and he spoke many things to them in parables and said, Behold, a soul went out to sow. Now, I'm not going to read all of this in this, in this second hour. He is fixing to take a, a, uh, an analogy of sowing the seed, but he makes a statement. He said, if you understand this parable, you understand everything in your Bible. He said, this is the parable of all parables. As a matter of fact, everything from Genesis to Revelation is wrapped up in this parable. If you understand this parable, you understand life. You understand Christianity. You understand everything. And he said, a sower sows a seed. And we're not using a sower today. We're using football instead. We're gonna, you could use a lot of different analogies, and we'll use a couple more. But the point is, there's nothing wrong with the seed. Seeds grow. The Word always works. It always works. Now, what I'm about to read to you is this. When this person got a hold of the Word, I want you to notice what happened in his life and why. I'm going to jump over to verse 18. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the Word of God, of the Word of the kingdom, and doesn't understand it. The wicked one comes. I cannot do anything about that. And God won't. If, if you have the ball and you have not figured out by now that the other team wants it, you miss something in football. They are lined up, and, and, and I mean, listen, just, I want you to think about this. Let's just, let's go back to football for a minute. The quarterback goes back there, and he's a nice guy. And there's a center, and he comes back there and slaps him on the butt. And that doesn't mean anything in football. 
That's perfectly normal in football. Anybody else? That's weird. That, but in football, it's okay. And he go, hook, hook. And once that ball goes alive, there are four mean, overweight men that want to kill the quarterback. Hut, hut, and he bat, you'll see. And he's got a couple of guards that are supposed to be taking care of him for the few seconds he has that ball. Now, the point is not can he throw it. The point is, what's he going to do when the pressure hits him? Because when he's on a game, the pressure is on. Come on, I'm preaching better than you, amen. I want you to understand something. See, easiest thing in the world is Jesus is Lord on Sunday morning. Easiest thing in the world to get excited about Jesus. Home in your easy chair going, ah, God is good. It is another thing when you get to work on Monday morning and somebody said, hear the word, and you're going, ah! Every devil in hell has got you in his eyes sight. Kill him. You're like, don't throw it down and run. This is what you're trained. But just because you can throw and just because you can catch does not mean you need to understand there are men on the field, they want your ball. You can't just throw it away, but you do need to throw it skillfully. There is people on that team depending on you to use that ball right. So you come back and you're like, Watch me, boys. Take care of me. Hold my backside. You got to wait until that running back, and he's got Joe Blow on him. He's going, oh, my God, that guy suck a ball out. That's why you have two of them out there. And you go, okay. And you go, oh. All of a sudden, ain't nobody after him anymore. He's walking around like it ain't no big deal. Everybody's headed that direction. This guy goes, everybody goes, Kill him. See, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help. See, you come into church and go, Pastor, that's a good sermon. Oh, that's a good sermon. When you walk out, the devil's going to go, kill him. Kill him. Woo! I ain't going back to that church no more. Oh, my God, I ain't never going back to that church. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. The weapon of your warfare. You in a fight, baby. You in a fight. Whether you win or whether you lose has everything to do with whether you go. You ain't getting my Bible. You ain't getting the word I got in my, I got the word in my heart. I got the word in me. <laughs> now they may hit you. Don't turn loose. If you drop it, pick it up.
I sure wish I could go home with y'all. I wish there was 200 of me and I could go home with you and sit down and go, where's your Bible? Open that thing up. Let's go. If I could have just six months with every one of y'all, and I don't. I get one hour with y'all a week, some of y'all one hour every, a month, depending on whether you're dropping the ball or not. What is the single most powerful thing God gave you? Word of God. This is a Bible. If you're not reading it, you are ignorant. How are you going to defend your faith if all you ever have is one cold snack a week? All right, let's go back over here. Let's read this because I want to show it to you in the Bible. I want you to see this. I'm preaching better than you, you amen, but that's all right. We've got a few ameners in here, ameners. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the devil comes and goes, take him out. And then those are those on Sunday morning to hear the word and go, oh, my God, that was so good. I love that sermon. Hallelujah. And he has no root, in, if you're from Georgia, and root, if you're from other places of the country that don't know how to spell, in himself he endures only for a while, but when trouble or persecution arises, read with me, because of the word. What in the world do you think is going on in your life? Why are you having trouble? Why is America in the mess it's in? Well, that's those Democrats. Well, it might be the devil using people. Well, it's those Republicans. It might be the devil using them. Well, it's my husband. Well, it might be the devil using your husband. But I'm going to tell you something. Everything that you're going through right this minute is for one reason and one reason only. Close that and put it down. And we will leave you alone if you will put the ball down. Say, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. I'm redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm loose from Satan's grip. Jesus fought and he won the battle, and he gave it all to me. I cannot be defeated. I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm free. There's not a devil in hell that can whip this book. They, listen, Jesus is the word. You say, wait a minute, I thought Jesus was number one. That's what I said. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you love Jesus, you've got to fall in love with this book right here. If you don't love truth, you don't love God. Show me how much Bible you have. I'll show you how much of God you have. I'm, listen, if you're here and you're, and you're squirming, squirm away, baby. Don't say anything to me on the way out. Like that sermon, <laughs> it was for me. I don't want to know. 
But when you get home and you get, get this off and pound all the dust off of it and open it back up, and your days, your best days are ahead of you because ain't a devil in hell stop you if you stay on the word and do not turn it loose. That's why the dogs are the best. Come on. And I know that Alabama is going to be trying to get that ball. But between their good playing and my praying, <laughs> it's okay. I understand losers. I've been around them all my life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you mad. I don't know. That. You say that's not in the Bible. It's in mine because I wrote it right up there. I wrote it. Come on, y'all. This is good. You understand? I, somebody said something to me one time. Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Let me tell you something. I have been to hell since I've been saved. I've had people steal everything I've got, lie, cheat, dirty, rotten dogs. Not bulldogs. Pit bull. Now listen to me. When it was all said and done, I still had my Bible. I can't. You cannot defeat the Word. Amen. You can't defeat a man with a Word. The Bible says in Hebrew, it says, hold fast. The, the Greek word is hold, hold. Hold, hold. Whatever confess, Jesus is Lord, hold on to that. I himself bore my sins in his own body on a tree. Having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes I was healed. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. You hold on to that. Don't you let the devil have your confession. You say, but I don't know how. Hush. Suck that scripture up in your bosom and hold on to it. It'll work. The, the seed always works. That seed does not go, who's in office? <laughs> the seed has never seen CNN, ABC, or NBC. It's not programmed by the devil and cannot be reprogrammed. Amen. Satan can't change any of this. Amen. The only thing he can do is to get you to put it down. This is why when you leave church, temptations come. You ever had a girl come up to you, real cute, pretty little old thing, and go, I have. Right after I got born again, a little old girl comes up and I went, nope, you're not stealing the word I got in my soul. I ain't giving it to you, darling. You ain't that good. Have I been through trouble? Oh, talk to me, mama. Some of y'all are married to the son of Lucifer. And you know it. You ain't going down that church no more. Yeah, I am, baby. You ain't stopping me either. Now, the one person I love more than you, and that's Jesus. 
I'll be home to cook your lunch when I get out of church, when I am headed to church this morning. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth threatened his wife. He wasn't right with God. And then he took her and locked her out of the house. Don't you be going down to that church. You know why he was mad at her? Because she's backslidden. You know, people, they don't know God. They don't like you. you. They think your light is their problem to their roaches. And what I'm going to tell you right now always makes women mad. It makes them mad, but just go ahead and get mad. She got up the next morning after he locked her out of the house all night. She slept on the front door. Got up the next morning, he opened the front door, and she said, Smith, what you want for breakfast? I'll tell you something. Love of God shut abroad in your heart by God the Holy Ghost. And he looked at her and said, ain't no way to stay backslidden with a woman like you. And she loved him back into the kingdom, became the greatest man of God because he had a good wife. She got on the word and stayed on the word of God. She went to church and got something. She got full of God and came home full of God. She didn't get on there and start acting like the devil on the front porch. Oh, that's a day of me. <laughs> Lord, man, I'm trying to help you. But Now, those who receive seed on the thorns, they hear the word. Yay! The cares of the world. Deceitfulness of riches. Choke it out. There ain't anything on this planet more important than your time with God. You coming to my birthday party? Nope. Huh? Don't you love me? Mm-hmm. I love someone else more than I do you. Someone went to the cross and took my place and died on the cross for my sorry, good-for-nothing backside, and I'm going to go spend some time with him today. Because when all hell breaks loose, I'm going to need that word. See, understand something. If Satan can't get you to put the book down, he just kind of like, now come on, just come on over here a little bit. You don't, you just, you ain't that just a little bit too much. Bit too much. Just, just come on over here. Let's go. Let's go. Come on over here with me. I'm preaching. See, I'm preaching so good now. Y'all went quiet. Don't go quiet on me. You're the one put the book down. But he who receives seed on good ground, say me, hears the word, understands it, and then he bears fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold return. Now let me tell you something. If you don't put it down, you can't be defeated. If you'll plan victory, you'll get victory. Now you say, I need a new job. No, you need word. I need a new husband. No, you need word. I need a new wife. I, you can't pick your relatives. I'd like to talk about your mama, but ain't nothing you can do about that. I just need to move to another state. It ain't the state. Well, you just don't know what it's like growing up in a house I grew up in. It might not be. Jesus grew up in a bad situation. 
I don't know whether y'all ever noticed this or not, but he didn't even have an EMP strike, and he had no electricity. I mean, he didn't even, he didn't have no problems with electricity. He didn't have any. He, he didn't even have a commode. So if he grew up all his life underneath a dictator from hell with no running water, no toilet, no air condition, and he was victorious, come on, baby, where in the world are you? Sitting in a church with the best-looking pastor in Central Florida, preaching the Word of God like I do, with a Bible in your lap and a bookstore out there, and you got problems, you ain't got no problems. <laughs> At least I got you to agree with me. I like agreement. I told Lisa one time, I said, you know why you're beautiful, don't you? I said, I call you beautiful every day. She said, thank you. I said, well, call me handsome. She goes, I don't have that much faith. <laughs> no, I'm teasing you. <laughs> I got a Bible. I'm his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I know God thinks I'm handsome. I told Lisa one day, I said, when you get to heaven, when you're looking for me, I won't look like this. I'll have my hair back. <laughs> All right, never mind. Go to Galatians 1. I'm, I'm fixing to get cranked up real, real good here. Let me ask you a question about God. In the garden, doesn't the Bible say that everything God made was good? The light was good, the moon was good, the, and everything he saw was good. And then he makes Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve walking in the garden. God said, see that tree right there? Don't eat it. What did God do? that caused Adam and Eve to distrust him? Nothing. Nothing. Why did they? It was pure choice. I'm going to read another, I'm going to quote another scripture to you. The Bible says that Jesus is the express image of God the Father. So God goes, okay, you're having a problem with what I'm like. And by then, the world, God is good, God is bad, God is mean, God is all these opinions of God. So what did he do about it? He came. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so you'll know what he's like. Did you know that most churches have a different Jesus than the one in the Bible? Well, you never know what God will do. Sometimes he said yeah, and sometimes he said no. And, you know, he old killed old, old Aunt Martha because he needed another angel in hell. You lying dog. And nothing in your Bible where Jesus went around knocking people in the head so they could learn. 
I mean, it ain't even in there one time. I mean, if you misunderstand everything, just ask me, when did Jesus go, I ain't healing you, God's doing you. Not, not even one time, but it is a major doctrine. Where did they get it? They didn't get it out of that book right there. See, if you know that book, no one's going to pull the wool over your eyes. But if they are, it's because you're not reading it. God is good. The devil's bad. That's good theology. Come on, y'all. Right now, right now, there's a new world order. If y'all don't know this, you're smoking something. We are in the last days. The dragon in the Old Testament is China. Dragon. Okay. The new world order so that you can't buy or sell without a mark. Duh. Oh, boy. We are living in the last days. What, what do you think is the number one issue that we're going to face? Deception. Your biggest problem is going to be someone telling you something that is not true. Just love me. That's your fault. You chose not to know. So, who is the false prophet in the book of Red? Do you know? I'm going to tell you who it is. I'm going to give you his name. It's the Pope. It's a one world religion. They are flaunting it. What do they believe? Muslims? Jews and Christians all came from Abraham. It's called the Abraham Accord. We all have one God, and we're all going to heaven because we have one God. Lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. We're all brothers. We're not. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the light. I'm the word. Nobody gets to God but by me. Don't turn loose of that. Are you in Galatians yet? You say, well, you shouldn't have mentioned his name. I didn't mention his name. I just mentioned his title. But I don't want you to walk out of here and go, well, they're just so sweet. I'm going to tell you something. The devil has been sweet before. Just because someone's sweet don't mean they love you. Every pedophile that ever took advantage of a child was sweet. And every man that ever took you to bed before you were married was sweet. While he got what he wanted. Oh, that was too much. Just erase that off the tape. Don't even let that go out in the world. Go to Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter 1. I marvel that you're so, so turning away soon from him who called you to the grace of God to a different gospel. You mean there is another gospel out there? There's been ever since the new, Paul wrote the, the, the Word of God. 
Don't go on the internet and come back and say, my mother found on the internet that y'all are a cult. I don't know what your mother found, but she don't know anything either. Listen to me. You walk out of here. You have a Bible. Get in it and read it. There is no guarantee for you outside of you holding this. If you don't know it, you don't know truth. Wow. It is good word. Now listen to this. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than what we preach, let him be anathema. So what are you going to do when your relatives come and say, oh, we have this little church down here on the road, and we all love the Lord. And if you don't be baptized in the name that we tell you, you ain't saved. Look at him and go, that's a lie. I was born again when I made Jesus Lord, whether your pastor baptized me or not. And I love you, and you is a relative, but you as ignorant as a rock, and I love you. But bless God, the Bible said. Well, you know, we aren't of those people to go around speaking in tongues, you know, because God already knows what you're going to pray before you pray it. Yeah, but I done learned something else about God. He don't answer prayers that you don't ask. How do you know that? Well, I read it in the Bible. He said, don't you leave Jerusalem until you endure with power. Are y'all out there? Y'all go home. I mean. How do you know that? Amen. Now, you know, I mean, I want to, you know, a preacher's not right because he's sweet. Everyone, open your Bible. He's so sweet. Do you know why God's never let y'all see the devil? Because he's handsome. Oh, my God. Oh, the devil's so beautiful. And Jesus is not. Yes, he is. No, he's not. No form of comeliness that you would go, that little Jewish kid, that's Jesus with the beanie? And nobody knew who he was because he's the most handsome boy in the village. Oh. Don't pick someone because they're pretty. Don't pick a pastor because he's handsome. Pick one that loves God, and then you'll come here. <laughs> and don't pick one that you like. I don't like him. He said something I didn't like. Your mama said something you didn't like. And your daddy told you something you didn't like. And you still went home for Thanksgiving. Your boss told you something you didn't like. We'll be running out, quitting church. They say something I ain't lie. (laughs) 
Well, if you ain't, if you don't go to church on Saturday, you ain't saved. When did God use fear to get your faith up? God's not going to scare the hell out of you so you can live for God. Fears of the devil, all fear. God ain't running around putting you in fear so you can get better, right, more right with God. You hear fear, you run. You go, oh, I ain't getting around that man. That's the devil. Anything scaring you, anything trying to control you. That's why he gave you a Bible. Back in the dark ages, you know why the dark ages were dark? Nobody had a Bible. You know what ended the dark ages? The Gutenberg Press. And the hierarchy at that time said that, that the, the, the ministers were the only one allowed to have a Bible in the special Bible language Latin. That is the biggest bunch of hooey I ever heard. And once people started reading the Bible, the devil went, oh, no. And they created a nation where our, our forefathers went into the White House and created a nation right out of the Bible. Created the greatest nation that ever was on the earth until we put the Bible down. You shall know truth, and the truth will set you free. Not my truth, not the truth. Am I doing all right to y'all? Y'all Y'all understand? We, we, we pray over you. I, I, I listen to me. This man right here and his wife. I, I love these guys. The day that he came walking in here and went back to Africa and got this pretty lady and got married. I look for him on Sunday. How's Isaac doing? And I ask, how's Zach doing? How's Amber doing? And we love you. But, honey, I can't go home with you. When I hear in three months, four months from now, well, you know, uh, we, we just decided the Lord told us not to. No, he didn't, you goofy thing. He didn't tell you to put the word down. Someone got your ball. And everything you do in life, you hold on to it. Let's go to Second Timothy. I want to say this. I think I have the most exciting, wonderful, difficult job on the planet. I do. I do. I have the joy of my life of watching you walk in here and receive the word and get born again watching you get filled with the Holy Ghost, watching you pick up a Bible. But it is the most difficult thing on God's green earth when I find out that you put a Bible down and walked away. It's like going through a divorce about once every week. Where is so-and-so? No, they're, they're, they're not coming back. They, learn, they heard that you're a cult from stupid preachers. That's exactly right. If you hadn't figured out by now, there's people out there that don't know God. 
And I'm, I'm going to say this to you, and I want you to listen to me. I don't care if you believe what I say or not. You have a Bible. You can take everything I said this morning, and you can go home, and you get your Bible out, and you study it yourself. And you make up your mind that you're going to follow the Word. I'm not trying to get you to follow me. I don't even care if you like me. Do you understand that? You know, parents, don't you understand? You're not your children's friend. You're their parent. I want my daughter to like me. No, take her in the bedroom and tan her backside and don't care whether she, she'll like you when she gets older. That's true. Yeah, that is love. Oh, boy, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I've got to tell a story about chastity. My sister, Nancy, has a daughter named Chastity, and when she was a little girl, she took a little tiny baseball bat and popped Ashley in the head. And I hear this bonk, and then Ashley's screaming, ah! I walk in the bedroom, and Chastity's got this baseball bat standing over Ashley. And then she looked at me, and she said, don't you touch me. I will tell my mom. I took the baseball bat, I took my belt off, and I tore her up. And I said, I will whip you and your mother. <laughs> and she never did it again. And then whenever Nancy came to get Chastity, and she said, Chastity, let's go. And Chastity said, no. And I said, Chastity, go with your mother. She said, yes, sir. And Nancy, Nancy says, how'd you get her to do that? Chastity is the only, anytime she gets in trouble, she calls Uncle Daryl. Because I'm the only one ever whipped her. I want you to know I'll whip you a little bit myself. I have to. Amen. Only if you smack someone in the head with a baseball bat. Where were we? We have two minutes left. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I charge you, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the judge of the living and the dead, at his appearing in the kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and all teaching, the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, they have itching ears, they will heap themselves teachers and turn their ears from truth and be turned to a fable. You'll be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist. In America today, the biggest problem that as a pastor and we have is what you are doing with this. You're the most... You have more Bible on radio, television, book than any generation's ever walked this planet. There's no reason for you not know what this is. All right, I started my sermon off talking about football for a reason. You have an enemy. Don't give up the ball. When you get your hand on the Word of God, you hold on to it. I wake up every morning. Before I get out of my bed, I go, 
If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything has become new. He has made me the very righteousness of God. And if God is for me, who could be against me? And God loves me with the same love that he loves Jesus. I'm holding that word. No matter what happens to me today, you're not getting a word out of my mouth. So in, in Hebrews 4, it says, hold, hold. Hold, hold. Whatever God has taught you, when he speaks to you, pull it up. You ain't getting my, you ain't getting a word out of me. The greatest thing you'll ever give your kids. Greatest thing you'll ever do is teach them to pray and get in the word. Because they're not a devil in hell. Defeat them. Now listen to me. If the word, if if Satan couldn't defeat Jesus, I didn't use my illustration. They want to know if I was doing this for Diane. Why in the armor is this the word? Because, darling, you're going to need it. Do you understand what I just said? The word is not only a shield. It's not only a helmet. It's a sword. Jesus defeated hell with the word. When we read in the story in Ephesians, the put on the whole armor of God, it's not just having a knowledge of the Bible. There are going to be times you're going to have to pull it out and go, Satan, let me tell you something right now. To be, com- to be continued. I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to close. I'm trying to close. Rosa, I want you to stay in this church. And this is not a word from the Lord. Barbara, stay. Debbie, stay. Get in the Word. Get on the Word. Don't go to a church because you like me or don't like me. The Word. Stay on the Word. Because when it comes, the devil don't care what Daryl said. Doesn't matter what Daryl said. Doesn't matter what Lisa said. What did he say? He has no weapon that'll take this. He has no weapon. Say the word of God. I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a light to my path. With your word, I do not walk in darkness. You, Jesus, are the word. When I walk in the word, I'm walking with you. I cannot be defeated. Satan cannot defeat the word of God. Thank you, sir. That is good preaching. Now, I've got one more warning. You will need it. I know you love the Lord. 
The Bible says you're either in a battle, coming out of one, or going toward one. You say, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I don't have time right now. I'm out of time. But he said, build your life, not on Jesus, on the Word. When the storm comes, not if the storm comes, honey, it's coming. Go in your house, close your doors, sit down and read a Bible and let it pass. You know, people that are from up north, they freak out when we go through hurricane season. We go, huh, hurricane's coming, okay. We freak out when it snows. A strong Christian does not freak out when a storm comes. Just lock the door, get a Bible, it'll pass. I want you to say, Pastor, thank you. Say, God, thank you. If you're here this morning and you did not, you have not been reading your Bible and you've been sidetracked, God knows by what, I'm going to encourage you to do something. Start reading it. You say, where? Start a book of Romans. Study to show yourself approved under God. It'll be a weapon for you when you need it. It'll be a shield when you need it. It'll keep you in a storm. And you'll be fruitful. If I could give you one thing in life, it would be a love for your Bible. And then it wouldn't matter what hits you. You will not go under. So, Diane, it wasn't about you. I told Diane I had to sword because she's sitting behind me. You have to watch Diane. She's quite the character. Okay, I just don't want anybody to steal my bulldog thing, so I'm going to take it with me. I know you want it. Praise him. Praise the Lord. Acts 4.12 says there's salvation in no one else. The New Living, uh, you can leave it there, Meg's NIV says there's salvation in no one else. Peter was talking about Jesus. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men. Jesus was a name given among men not God. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Amen? That's a great scripture for you to give somebody. Everyone knows John 3.16, but go to Acts 4.12. There is salvation in none other but the name of Jesus. Amen? If you're here this morning and you never remember a time that you said, Jesus, come into my heart, be Lord of the life, of my life, personally, there's no other name under heaven which I can be saved, is save Jesus. Then you come up this morning as our altar workers are coming forward. You come up this morning and say, I want that remembrance. I want to know what is it. I want to know that I have said, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if any confess him, as Lord. You believe in your heart, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Believe in your heart that God the Father has raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. That if you confess with your mouth, 
the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? His lordship over you. And believe in your own heart that God raised him from the dead for you. You will be saved. Now that's the scripture you give people. If you can't learn any other scripture, learn three. Right? John 3, 16, Romans 10, 9, and 10, and Acts 4, 12. If you're here this morning and you need to, to make that sure and secure, come up here. Don't wait another moment. Because there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And you don't know when your last breath will be. So if you are here this morning like, I'm not 100% sure Just get 100% sure. These young men, these young women will make you 100% sure. And if you want prayer for any other reason this morning. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel to our podcast to our SoundCloud and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.